Coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 25, another milestone show. In today's podcast, we talk about the Sony A7S II and addressing its overheating rumors. We'll have lengthy discussion about lenses from Canon and Tamron. Also, another installment we call Fix It, Even If It Ain't Broke. I'm Rod Louie, joined by my partner Keith Moreau. Get ready. Time to roll on with another fantastic episode of Tech Move. Let's go! You know, they say that 25 is a milestone number, and I think when it comes to tech move, any number of episodes (laughs) that one can put out is a milestone, but this is a momentous occasion, ladies and gentlemen. Rod Louie, the great Keith Moreau with me. Happy anniversary. It is 25 episodes in the can. And Keith, you don't look a day over 25 episodes. I'll tell you that much right now. Thank you very much, Rod. Really, it's just one episode at a time. We're taking it one episode at a time. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't lying about that. That's exactly what it is. Just one episode at a time. <laughs> over many, many years. Uh, 25 <laughs> episodes over a period of, I think, 60 years. <laughs> and this is an absolute incredible momentous occasion. We're kind of like the Stanley Kubrick of podcasts. Yes. Really, really long, maybe sometimes dull, right. and lots of time between <laughs> movies. But each one is groundbreaking. Right. (laughs) And we will be legends after we die. We will. (laughs) Like Jim Morrison, once we're dead, we'll be more popular than ever. People will be visiting the TechMove gravesite in Paris. Right. (laughs) Defacing, defacing, leaving flowers, (laughs) hopefully festivals of some sort. That's great. Well, uh, it's considered the silver anniversary. It is the silver anniversary. That is correct. And um, uh, I'll I'll tell you this. uh, My microphone stand that I'm using is in silver right now. Uh, you know, my XLR connectors are, uh, are silver, uh, silverish. Yeah. yeah silverish. So, yeah. uh, well, congratulations, <laughs> Keith, on 25 episodes in the can. It actually seems kind of significant because it's taken so long to get to this point. <laughs> I like, think back to the days of when we were just trying to put the first one together <laughs> and, uh, and th- how that took off like five to six years off of our lives that we'll never, ever get back again. <laughs> Yeah. And and there's, you know, quite a few podcasters that, you know, there's they've started this year and they're up to like episode 75 or something. Yes. But, yes. But that's okay. And I congratulate them for yeah. doing that because uh uh because you know, it, it's it's difficult to to churn some of these things out. Well, you know, not actually for us cuz we can just talk and talk <laughs> endlessly about nothing. Uh so it's it actually should be quite a few more episodes than this. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's the editing of nothing that takes time. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, well, hey, uh, happy silver uh, episode to you. Happy silver episode. Thank you, thank you very much. This is. Uh, I, think, I think I think that's the name of the going to be the name of this podcast. <laughs> will be the silver episode. Happy silver episode. Happy silver episode. <laughs> that's great. Uh, it is episode twenty five, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, thank you to each and every one of you who have. Uh, who are just starting to listen, uh, and those who have been listening from the very beginning. Most of our listeners have shut off since we've been talking so much about our 25th episode. Well, (laughs) you know, and and I I don't blame them, but because this is such a milestone, we do have to spend at least 30 minutes on this one (laughs) segment. So, Uh, (laughs) When when is the content coming? Content? What content? (laughs) We, we fly by the seat of our pants. What do you mean, Kanto? It's whatever pops in our head. Uh, okay, look, uh, look. Let, let let's get to it. The 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 kids are clamoring to get to what is the heart of Tech Move, and unlike uh, our last episode where we kicked it all off with TurboTax discussions. <laughs> Let, let, let's actually, huh? We got all the accountants in that last episode. Yes, though. we that did. Was... We, we, you don't know how many more <laughs> likes we got on our uh, on our pages. Uh, let's start off, Keith, uh, kicking off the Tech Move uh, twenty five episode uh, with a discussion about the iPhone six S Plus and that incredible new six S. Uh, that of course came out an hour and a half after I purchased my <laughs> six, um, and believe me, folks, I'm not bitter at all. No. Uh, hardly you shouldn't be bitter. No. no, no. It's like a it's like a new car. As soon as you drive it off the showroom floor, it depreciates by about sixty five percent. It pretty uh, much does. I am the exact same way with my iPhone. I saved up all my shekels. To get a six, and then an hour and a half later, uh, they announced the six S. Keith, I know that you were uh, about to put your order in for the six S Plus. Can you give us a little update as to where you are on that? And I'm sure there are plenty of pitfalls and downfalls to go with this story. <laughs> there are good. There are plenty of pitfalls, downfalls. Um, so I'm actually holding my new iPhone 6S Plus in my hands Whoa. as we speak. Congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, did you compare it to your uh, 6, uh, 6 Plus uh, yes. that you had before? Yes. And and uh, g- give me a, a just an eyeball kind of feel for the differences here. It is much shinier and newer, and there's very few scratches on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, until it's until this new one slips out of your hand the same way the six did. Is that correct? Pretty much. Yeah, it's just as slippery. Same, is, in is fact, it, in fact, the very first time I opened it out of the box, it popped out of the box and <laughs> fell on the ground. Like the very first moment, there was a bit of is swearing that true? Them. Yes, <laughs> there was very there was a bit of swearing. Like, really, first opening, really. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it like banged on my desk table and then fell on the ground. Luckily, for some, I checked it and there were no 
it was not damaged at all. <laughs> but it was just <sighs> really because there's there's a little bit of suction when you pull that really tight, perfectly formed apple yes. box apart. Right. Yes. And and the phone is just laying there right on the top of the box. It's not held in by anything. It's just just sitting on top. Oh yeah, the, you're right. The way they do it is they put this beautiful thing right on top, but then they protect like crazy the headphones or the yeah, oh, or, yeah. or, or, or or the USB uh, uh, thirty pin connector cable it, that that's tucked away like a Sherman tank. <laughs> oh yeah, that's protected. Yeah. In fact, you have to go through quite a bit of work just to open those things and that's use correct. them. But uh, actually, I'd bought it at the Apple Store. And so I, I, I had taken off the, I think I'd taken off the protective stuff already, or the, or the uh, salesperson had. Right. The, the Apple, what do they call the salespeople? Apple con, con, you consultant, mean, concierge, concierge. Are the, are, are, what are they? they they're not genius. They're not They're geniuses. not the geniuses. They're not that smart. Are they the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you? You're, you're a genius. The, you, you're in sales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just. Apple people, right? They're Apple people. I, I don't know. I, I they must li- have a term. I think they have a term. Post. I, they, I'm sure. But you know what I like is Butler. that. <laughs> you know. You know what I like about those kids is that they technically get to say that they all work for Apple. I know. Which it's is a dream. The, which is really funny. So, so they actually get to say that I work for Apple. Yeah. You know? work for and Apple. You're a, and you're a greeter for crying out loud. You're a greeter. <laughs> anyway. Or or the security guard. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, so it slips out of your hand, doesn't break. That's doesn't a good break. sign. That's yeah. a good sign. Good sign. But I actually want to talk a little bit about leading up to this because remember in the last episode, I was investigating. And I said I we were kind of figuring out what the price was going to be. Right. Exactly. And and um, which I think prices were exactly the same uh, uh, as as far they, as the success. They uh, they were the, kind of the same, but actually they're not. Oh really? And, okay. Yeah, if at least for me, okay. because, and I'm actually going to just I'm going to look I'm going to I'm going to show you what the receipt reads on my Apple receipt that I got at the store. This is the most I've paid for any phone in my entire life. So this is a whole new stratosphere of pricing for a it's, phone. It's just crazy. I cannot believe that I paid this much. Now, 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 l- let's review a little bit with the six, not the success, but the six. You had a subsidy price, right? Just like, just like what I I had, which was, you know, I I only got a I only got a sixty four gigger, so that was like what three ninety nine or something like that, or was it yeah. four ninety nine? I can't remember. Yeah, I think uh, it's three ninety nine for that that level. Right. Yeah. So so that's, and then you got the one twenty eight, of course, right. right? So that would that would be four ninety. That'd be four ninety nine. Yeah. So, so you should be realistically worst case scenario. You should be into this thing about five fifty, five fifty at most. I'm just gonna read the Apple receipt. Go ahead. One thousand thirty four dollars and forty one cents. Did did it come with a uh, posthumous uh, uh, <laughs> uh, autograph of uh, Steve Jobs with that? Uh, uh, I'm checking. No. Uh, original artwork from uh, Johnny IOV or whatever his name is? <laughs> nope. Uh, Just the phone. Just the phone and the little plastic wrapper. A thousand dollars? Well, what? Yeah, oh. I got a charger and I got a, a headphone thing. So here's the thing. So this uh, AT and T changed their changed their plans. 
So I used to, okay, so I'm on this thing called the family share plan, which is actually a really good deal from AT&T. Yep. So normally each phone costs about, depending on the phone, about $40 a month per plan. And then all the services and stuff are potentially added on top of that, like the minutes and things. Right. So if you have, you know, four or five phones, it's expensive. Yeah. So with the family share plan, if you if you own a phone, like if you've already bought the phone, mm-hmm. then you get a $25 discount per phone. So it actually comes out to be only $15 per phone, mm-hmm. which is really good Yeah. for the service. I mean, of course, the bill comes out super high because I've got other lots of other things added. But so basically, the only way that you can get that subsidized price, you know, the $500 price is if you give up that $25 discount per month. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So... So then it, what what has happened is, and I don't even, I'm actually not even positive if that's even the case anymore, but that was kind of what I, so that's that's like $300 a year more right. just for that one phone. Right. So that's a huge amount of money extra to spend. Uh, so so I, could, I guess I could have done that, but then it would have cost me $300 per year more. So another plan they have is called the AT&T Next plan, and it's essentially financing for the phone. Mm-hmm. You basically pay for it over, I think, twenty months or something. But the amount you pay for it is is that thousand dollar thing that I mentioned to you. I think it was like nine forty nine or something plus tax. So, so I basically paid that. I basically paid for it on the free AT and T credit card called AT and T Next. So, that's what I paid. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, uh. So but then, okay, so here's the deal. In one year, if I want to, I can take this phone. I don't have to do anything. I can give it to AT and T, and they'll give me the brand new phone for the same price, the same monthly price. So it's like a monthly charge of forty something dollars, I think, for this phone. So when Apple comes out with their iPhone Seven, yeah, you, you'll be able to. Do you have to give them back the Six S Plus? Yeah, yeah. It's actually theirs until I pay for the whole thing. Ah, uh, okay. So, and I won't pay for the whole thing for a couple of years. So, okay. It's it's this way to kind of keep you hooked. They're pretty good business people, right? And oh, sure. They're, so, so they're basically making, they're probably making about five hundred dollars more a year for me on this deal, right? So, I mean, what can you do? I'm uh, not going to change carriers. Are so. are, are are you uh, still under uh, unlimited data in your yeah. uh, on your personal plan? Yeah, I have. Well, it's not unlimited data. It's but it's a lot. It's thirty gigabytes. It's thirty gigs because yeah. you have a family share and all this yeah, kind of stuff. I have a family share, so right. everybody shares that, and that's that's and I and that was actually upped from fifteen. Um, it was actually it basically almost the same price between fifteen and thirty. I took care of this promotion. I took mm-hmm. advantage of this promotion, and I haven't I haven't canceled that. Right. So there's a lot of things in play. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, I just I just can't believe it was this. You know, I can write off most of it and that part's good but uh yeah it's but it's crazy. a lot of dough it's a lot of dough and that's really what the phone costs i mean everybody has these subsidized phones so they're, they're only paying about half what they're really worth but apple is is getting from at&t or whoever is getting a thousand dollars for this type of phone that's crazy no yeah. wonder they're the richest company on earth right <laughs> right no uh, yeah but it also makes you pause when you feel like you're you're carrying this thousand dollar piece of hardware around your pocket it, it it's it's a little bit more uh scary right like when we were talking about like uh using it for underwater photography no way now <laughs> absolutely no way are you ever going to think about that forget <laughs> not, it not no no that's 
for me, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Although one of our listeners did mention that there's a really good underwater case, but I think it's only for the six size. I don't think it's for the six plus size. Right. I, I looked at that myself, and uh, and it seems there nowhere does it indicate that it will work on a six plus. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, uh, well, you could try. You could just get one and try to squeeze it in. Maybe it'll work. Right, and and and, and with all the negatives about how they always found like a pool of water inside the thing, uh, I think I'll just stick to that. My original thought of maybe going with a GoPro and a, you know, yeah. and a housing or something like that. I, I think I, th- I think you're wise to do that, yeah. and, you'll, and you'll have fun with some new technology. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So because I always still want to be able to make a phone call when I'm in distress, <laughs> being eaten by a shark. <laughs> Shark, it, shark. Right. I don't think my GoPro will be able to do that. So no, it doesn't do phone calls yet. Right. So it'll it'll get evidence, you know, to right. send to the police. But that's about <laughs> it to identify the body. <laughs> yes. When, oh, it looks like the last thing that this guy did was use his GoPro. He used his wow. GoPro, waving at the fans, <laughs> waving at the fans that he's going to post on his on his uh, silly website called Tech Move. <laughs> Oh look, he's he's trying to attack the shark with the GoPro. Isn't that cute? <laughs> right. Where did he get that idea that that would work? <laughs> well, uh, so well, two things. Congratulations on the success plus. Thank you. Uh, my sympathy, though, to you for the new subsidized policies that uh, you had to endure. Uh, so that that's that's very sad. Did did it uh, because of that? more than full price that you paid uh, uh does it does it sour the 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 having this new success plus does it sour it at all is it less uh, impressive than had you play, paid a subsidized uh price uh no it's not really soured it it's just incredible is it is it is it a nice machine oh i love it it's it's just like the success Right. I mean, it's just you like the six, six plus. The six or, plus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's just like the six plus dimensionally and everything. I just put put it into the the old case, mm. and um, and it's uh, it seems like it's actually a little bit faster. Oh, really? Yeah. It seems like things go a little bit faster. I, one thing that I'm actually really happy about is the thumbprint reader seems to go faster. Oh. Uh-huh. You know, like so, I don't yeah. know about you, but it seemed like with the six, I was I had to kind of keep it there for a little while. Then it thought about it. And then it did it. You, you know, I actually just started doing the thumbprint uh, thumbprint reader, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I actually love it now. Yeah, it's uh, really it, it's really t- convenient. It's very very convenient, especially the size of our six pluses and now your six S plus. It's very difficult to do the numeric keypad with one hand using a six plus. Oh yeah, uh, I I I found that to be very difficult. So so with the thumbprint thing, that works really really nicely. Oh, yeah. So yeah, and you know the tricks about shrinking down the screen a little bit so you can get it to fit more close close to your thumb. I I, I know I never knew that. Thanks yeah, for telling me now. Oh, there's a. I'm gonna I think if you double see that. Oh, did you know it? No, I did. I really didn't know. I think if you tap tap twice, don't press, but tap lightly twice on the button. And the whole thing, you'll just see the top three rows of... of uh, Well, you know what? Icons. Now that I have the thumbprint thing, it's not letting me do anything like oh, that. Oh, well, first get into your phone. Oh, okay. So unlock it. Mm-hmm. And then once it's unlocked and you see the home screen, then you just double tap. And it'll, it'll uh, 
but not hard, not not pressing, but just like barely touching lightly, just quickly tap. Oh, how it goes, uh, yeah. how it all shrinks down and stuff yeah. like that. So you can actually get to stuff easier with one finger, with one thumb. I always thought that that was a. I, I never like knew what that was. Yeah, that was I, I, yeah, I never knew what that was it, because it never seemed to be useful to me. I guess it, you, I guess what it does is that it brings everything down to the bottom of the screen yeah. for you to just use your thumb. Yeah, like you could put your most used apps at the right. top three rows. Yeah, yeah. Eh, I, too bad I, I don't per, do that. I, I personally never use it. Right, <laughs> right. I, I don't but, think I would because again, I thought it was a bug. Oh, okay. I, I thought, oh, geez, this is so stupid. How do I get this? How do I bring everything back up again? This is stupid. I hate this thing. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> What's going on? Right. Where's my, where's, where are my most important apps? They've gone. They're all at the bottom where I wanted them. <laughs> anyway. Well, congratulations. Okay, so, so, it's, so it's a bug. Yeah. But um, yeah. So a couple things. I I immediately, like instantly, as soon as I got my iPhone, went to Gazelle, which is where I sell always sell my phones. Um, gazelle.com, yep. just like the, ant, the yep. animal, and uh, they're pretty famous. Yes, and, they are. Yeah, and so I, I put all my information in, and I got actually just got a box today, a, ship, a shipping box to sell it. Right. Um, I think I got like $330 for mine. Not bad. My, yeah, not bad, and I think I might have even gotten an extra like 15 or $20 because it's, I'm going to have them uh, pay me in an Amazon gift certificate. Uh, so no cash is exchanged, so they'll give you a little bit better yeah. exchange rate. Exactly. I get another yep. 20 bucks. So it's not bad because I, I spend so much on Amazon that it's like nothing. It's like, you know, two hours of Amazon spending. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so that worked out well. Um, the hardest part was r- removing my moment. Remember I was talking about the moment, uh, clo- uh, wide angle and telephoto lenses I got. Yes. Right. Yeah. So the hardest part was actually removing that glued-on piece. That was a pain. Oh. Yeah. Because oh. it's got some really strong double-sided tape that's kind of cut in the shape of the plate that you put on. Okay. And then just stick it on. And, of course, I haven't removed it since. Well, taking it off the old phone was – I had to actually heat it up with a hairdryer. And, and, and did you – were you scared that it was going to do some damage? Yeah, I didn't want to heat it up too much because I'm I'm spr- I'm 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 heating up the whole phone too. Right, exactly. You know, even just the top part, especially with the camera. Right. And, and yeah, so I didn't want to make it like boiling hot, so it was like like smoke was coming off of it. Right. Um. So I had to I just had to heat it up well enough where I thought maybe the glue was gonna get soft. Yeah. Um. At first I had no. I thought maybe it would just peel off like most things do, and it was like not coming off. So then I read the moment. A support site. How do I take off my lens? Oh, just simply use a simply heat up that area with a hairdryer. Mm-hmm. Simply, <laughs> right? And yeah, and so it took me like twenty minutes to kind of really get it off. And and, and, and did you have to heat it up re- like relatively hot, like much per- hotter than you thought it would take? Yeah, but I was pretty careful. I didn't. I think part of my reason for the difficulty was that I didn't really want to heat it, heat it super hot, which probably would have just made the glue super soft. Right. I just wanted to be soft enough to be kind of, kind of uh, a little bit more, more flexible, right. and then kind of, kind of push it off, and so eventually I got it off, and and kind of scraped off all the old glue and used alcohol to clean off the rest of it, mm-hmm. and and yeah, and that worked. I haven't yet put the new one on, but I but what's kind of cool is they do give you an extra piece of double sided tape when you buy it. So I, luckily, I don't have to order another piece of tape. Yeah, that would so be that a pain. Part, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm going to put it on soon. I wanted to actually get um, 
a screen protector um, for it this time. So I just I just got the screen protector in the mail from Amazon. So oh, you didn't uh, 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 you didn't have oh yeah well you just got the thing. So how, how, how many days have you had the the, oh, the new phone? I think I've had it maybe about a week. Oh, okay. So, but I just forgot about the screen protector thing. And I usually don't use the screen protectors on my phone. Oh, you do not usually? No, but I'm kind of thinking since I'm basically renting the phone, I want to keep it maybe a little better shape. Right, right. I care yeah. a little more about it. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I'm going to try it. Got a really highly rated screen protector for like five bucks instead of spending $50 at the mall. Right. For some guy to, you know, I, spit, spit on your screen. You, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I got the one at the mall, right? And, and I didn't get the guy who spits on the, uh, on the screen. But I love it because the yeah. one because the ones that I got like those five dollar ones, they're they're never really that great because uh, because you know you really need to squeegee out all the yeah. all the air bubbles. It never sits right. Uh, you know, it's and and it's just because I don't apply it correctly. <laughs> I'm too impatient, right? I just want to yeah. slap it on and and just get out of there. Yeah, you know, here, hey kid, you know. With your little wet sponge and your, you know, in, in you know, and your little squeegee tool, go ahead and put that thing on for me. Yeah, yeah. And no, uh, it's so it, much easier. And I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. But um, the last couple times, I actually had it done a couple times for Veronica on her phone, mm-hmm. and they were okay. But I kind of felt like, even though it was really great at first, they weren't that durable. And so if you're going to spend 40 or 50 bucks, maybe just save some money and do it yourself. I'm going to try it this time. Yeah. I think the curviness of the new iPhones makes it harder. Yes. Because uh, the, the edges are curved. Right. They're curved downward, so it's not really flat. Correct. So, yeah. you know, the, the, A little bit the more material. Difficult. Yeah. The material has to be kind of flexible. And yep. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try it. Um, yeah. So Very good. That's Very pretty good. much it. I uh, haven't really explored the new iPhone. The new iOS nine, which it, of course it was loaded with, right? Um, and of course, there's all the inconveniences when you get a new phone. You just got a new one, so you have to enter all your passwords in. Yep. Um, you have to remember your passwords and enter them in. Uh, sometimes I don't remember. Yeah. So I'm get guessing, and you know, um, that was that's kind of always an inconvenience. And then the hours and hours of just transferring stuff. Did you uh do, do you do a local backup of the old phone and then just uh, apply everything to the new phone like yes. I do? Yeah, I just do a iTunes backup, a USB connected to the yes, phone. Correct. Do a backup and then a restore and it restores everything pretty well. I think I I think it works really really great. Even yeah. even the look of the phone, you know, as far as where your icons go and stuff like that. I yeah. I, I I think it's pretty darn genius actually. Yeah, it's a really great way to, and then you have this backup too forever in case right. something happens. So correct. Yeah, I, I periodically will plug my. I'm doing it less and less, but periodically I will plug my iPhone six into the, into the computer to just get a nice fresh backup. You know, I actually do it all the time because I uh, I am not one to keep my photos or videos on the phone. I always like to you dump like it off, transfer them. Yeah. yeah, I just like to dump it off and just make sure I have enough space you know and i guess that's because you know my old iphone was just a little 16 gigger so there you really had to do it so oh yeah, yeah. uh uh so you know i've just kind of still stayed in that kind of you know uh discipline of having right. to do that so right that's a good that's a good idea to have yeah. that discipline eh. 
it's troublesome, but you know, because you do get lazy after a while. It's it takes the problem is when you get the larger and larger phones, it just takes longer and longer. Absolutely, to, to back it all up. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of backups, I'm gonna just plug in my phone, and because I want to see, because there's supposedly some special features with the phone, like it does 4K video from the right. from the video app. Right. And um, but I couldn't really figure out if it was always on 4K. Or it, it can't, right? It can't just default there. Right? Or maybe it does default, but you should be able to take it off somehow, some way, if you don't want to take up all that space, I would think. I would think that, but I couldn't figure out a way in the app, at least, to adjust it. I have taken a few videos since then. I, they seem really super sharp, but um, maybe it's just because I'm looking on little phone. So I'm not sure if it's just by default doing it. I'm going to just go into the the settings here and see if there's any special settings for the camera yeah photos and camera here we go um that'd be too that'd be too smart for them to do that they can't oh okay it does have a selection there so is yeah. it always on is the 4k always on no in fact it was set to 1080 uh, hd so i was not taking 4k uh, video okay all right but i am going to start just to see so i'm going to click it on now yeah so it's if you go to settings and then scroll down to photos and camera it's kind of like the second section it's a th or the third is way down actually but it's so it's within itunes when you when you plug it into itunes is that what you're saying no it's actually um in on the on the phone itself on the, the phone itself app. okay got it Un yeah. right under yeah. the apps and stuff like that yeah i was just plugging in to see if um when i transferred it to iphoto if uh it was 4k or not and obviously it wasn't because it wasn't set to it but now i will set it to it we'll see we'll see how that works and then as far as other th things um I noticed, and I think this is an iOS 9 thing. I don't think it's a phone thing. But um, the, the Siri, when you press it, it shows a little waveform of what you're saying. Right. Um, I guess it I guess it used to do that before on iOS 8. Yeah. But this waveform is more complicated. It's like more detail in the waveform. So it seems like more is going on. Oh, really? Just cosmetic. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So that's, that's different. Um, it seems a little more responsive. Everything's a little bit quicker. Uh, as I said, the thumbprint thing seems to be a lot faster. Um, and it seems like there is this kind of different level of blurriness or something that's going on. But honestly, it's like a, a like a like you, like if you push and hold something, you get this taptic response. Mm -hmm. And when you press and hold, uh, the background blurs. You know, and you want to remove a, remove an app, right? Um, which is kind of cool. It's kind of three D. All cosmetic from my point of view. I think there's some actual useful changes. I just haven't explored them yet. And, and then that whole thing about uh, what what they call that? It's the touch sensitive. Yeah, or it's touch? called ta tap taptic. Taptic. Yeah, the original called? the original term is haptic, mm -hmm. but um, they changed it to taptic because you're tapping something. And yeah, when you first touch, if you touch something and hold it really hard, mm -hmm. it, you can actually feel it bumping. Like, it's kind of like... Like it does a little, a little vibration type of thing? It's it's weird, but it's almost like um, like there's something inside your phone that's that's like knocking against the phone. Hmm. It's, it's not like it's right under your finger. It's like the whole phone kind of like bumps. It's not... It's, it's, it's a little bit more um, force than, than the, than the, when you have the uh, silent ringer on. Right. The vibrate mode. Sure. Um, it's different than that, 
Um, but it's not like it's happening right under your finger. It's just happening over the whole phone. Like Right. Yeah, so you can feel a little like you're actually doing something. Just a little yeah. response. It's yeah, just I a guess, little response. I guess, yeah. So, for example, when I do it with a Photos app, um, the, it's like got a contextual menu. So if you press it and push really hard, you'll get that taptic click feedback thing. And then another contextual menu will come up and everything else grays out or, or blurs out, actually. Mm -hmm. Everything's blurred except for this phone app icon and then the little contextual menu, which says one of, at the top item, read it in order, take photo, record slow-mo, record video, take selfie. Right, it, it it's it's like a little menu comes up, right? Yeah, that you can choose from, which is kind of neat. That's pretty cool because yeah. say you don't want to go into the app and then switch it. This is a, a way to quickly get to something. Right. Well, and then I think what's going to be neat too is that how they use that same thing for uh for email, right? For their for their email uh, program. Let, and let's see how the email works. I'm doing it. It clicked up and said, "Contextual menu says all inboxes, VIP, search, or new message." That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's set a, I'll do the same thing on phone. A little taptic response, and it's got my, I guess, my most called people. Mm -hmm. my, my favorites, I think. Right. It's got, got a list of the top three. And then create new contact. Let me press on Safari. It says show reading list, show bookmarks, new private tab, and new tab. Um, let me see if Waze does anything. No, it just clicked and went away. Uh, clock. Clock says create alarm, resume stopwatch, start timer. That's pretty uh, neat. It's actually pretty cool. It's saves some time. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, See, I think, this is I think that's good. First time I've used it. So maybe. So I maybe. Me, I wonder if nine then is. is uh, well, it, it, it'll. I guess some of those features won't be available to, to me who has the six plus uh, because that's all part of the six S uh, features. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just the tapping vibration thing or the contextual menu i think i would assume the contextual menu thing would still be there yeah you should you should maybe you should upgrade and try it yeah. <laughs> Let, uh, report next time I'll, I'll i'll report it next time if i yeah. feel if if, if if i feel like breaking my iphone <laughs> i just installed uh ios 9 and now i can't do anything because right. it's so slow <laughs> oh okay one thing that got a downgrade for sure i'll talk now i'm going to complain the couple downgrades uh Remember how you said you didn't read anything about the podcast app? Right. Yes. They 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 made it even worse. <laughs> Is that right? No they, kidding. They, yeah. It's so bad that I am now not going to use it anymore. I'm going to use the... The new one that you got, right? Yeah. Podcruncher. I am now using Podcruncher, and I'm going to remove the podcast app from my phone. <laughs> it is so bad. It's so confusing. Like, I can't even figure out how to find an episode to play it now. Really? Yeah. And it's and it used to have this recent, this list of recent episodes. Yeah. But now the recent episodes have, like, at the top of the list are episodes from, like, five years ago. <laughs> so I can't, if I want to find a recent episode, I guess I have to scroll down to, like, 300 until I find one. Uh, it's just, huh? and then when it, and then the, and then, you know how you can usually go into the episode that's actually playing? Yes. Uh, and then seeing kind of control and stuff. I have no way to know how to get to that point now. <laughs> like, I know that there's a little thing happening in the left corner uh -huh. uh, when it's playing or at the bottom when something's playing. Right. But even when I click on it, it just, it doesn't show me the play, like just the play controls or anything. 
it is just they've just destroyed it. <laughs> they just like I think the the programmers of the podcast have just went on LSD and just said we need something for our iOS nine. What do we do? I don't know. Okay, let's just randomly do stuff. Let's just. So anyway, so so the <laughs> uh, new podcast app under iOS nine is worse than even before. It's a fail. Fantastic. I mean, it's it's so it's so bad that I am not going to use it anymore. <laughs> and you probably won't be able to delete it. It'll, it'll probably just have to stay there, right? I think I don't know. I think maybe I'll just delete it right now. I, 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 I wonder if you can. I doubt you'll be able to. Well, let's see. I'm gonna see. This is exciting. Let's delete it right now. Uh, Press it... on it. Um. Well, I think I'm pressing too hard, so the tap tickling. I'm gonna press lightly. Okay, so it's things are vibrating. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna take it out of my dock because you can't. I guess you can't delete stuff there in the dock. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I can't delete it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think so. I think I think it's one of those things that they build in, you know, very much like uh, iTunes or the App Store or something like that. You can't remove those things. You just have to choose not to use them if that's the case. I think I think the podcast app is very much the same way. Okay. So you'll just have to bury it into some sort of directory, even if you could do that. I'm not sure. And I can delete all the data from it. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm using Podcruncher now, and it's so. Is that what much it's called? Podcruncher. That's what it's called. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Let me let me look that up. Yeah. Podcruncher. Um. It's the one that I used for my swim phone, and I liked it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So I just loaded it on. I did the same thing. I imported, um, from my my podcast app, and then is it a pay? The- is it paid or is it free? I think it's really cheap. It's like two bucks. Okay. Nice. And and yeah. it's really good so far, right? You really like that one. I like it because it's just simple. It's mm-hmm. like it has all my hundreds of podcasts, and then it lists them all. I can get to them quickly. I know what's going on. It's not doing stuff for me that I don't need. You're right. It's just, yeah. I you don't, just want I to don't. play. You just want to play, do a little scrubbing back or forth, and then that's it. Yeah. That's all I need. Right. I mean, actually, it does way more than that. It's actually pretty sophisticated. Sure. But it's intuitive enough to just do simple things and get there quickly when I want to, instead of trying to figure out what what did this programmer have in mind when they designed this app. Right. You know, it, it, I don't have to psychoanalyze the programmer. Right. Or figure out some some way to to get there and research it. I shouldn't have to do that. Right. I mean, the app Apple is all about not having to do that. Right. So anyway. Not obviously yeah, was, not with their podcast app though, but yeah, um, down downgrade, downgrade. <laughs> Another downgrade is uh, the task switcher, which I mentioned last time. It's it's uh, instead of having a, a bunch of little icons side by side to show the screens, it's kind of like it's like a, a stack of cards that have just a little bit revealed of each card, like the edge of the card. <laughs> so so if you want to select that and it's not right in front of you, like you haven't scrolled it, scrolled the Rolodex over right you have to click on this little teeny little area to the left of the card uh to the left of the card that you don't want and it to the card you want and it's kind of hard to click that little small area hmm. so it looks better yeah but it's a downgrade well huh. all right yeah well, unfortunately i i would like uh for you to uh now take some of that 4k video and report back to us about uh about how 
how great that is. I will. And, and I, will. Uh, I, I would like to see, you, you know, there have been a lot of reviews from, you know, 4K off an iPhone 6S versus DSLR video and all this kind of thing. I'd, I'd like uh, the Tech Move community to know that we have done our own due diligence and done those same tests. So I'm counting on you, Keith, to accomplish that. Yes, I will be shooting some Macbeth charts tonight. <laughs> Macbeth chart, for those that don't know, is a very, very... Uh, it's a it's like a test pattern chart yes. that has all kinds of different ways to get resolution and color and stuff and they're like four hundred dollars for a four like a four foot square piece of paper. I think we talked about that once. Yeah. I yeah. think I think we talked about that once and um yeah, I mean uh I'll be uh, shooting that tonight <laughs> with my iPhone. We'll do and we're gonna really test it out. Excellent. Yeah, Take it through spaces. I'm gonna and then I'm gonna try to squeeze it in one of those waterproof cases. <laughs> For, first, try it in a in a in a uh, in a Ziploc bag, sandwich bag first, and see if we oh, can do that. Okay, that 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 would be best. That'd be best. Uh, okay, well, you know, we have a lot of other things that we want to touch on, but let's do. do this. Let's do this, Keith. Let's yes. um, let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Let's reset everything that we have here, okay. and we will get into some of the real. Uh, uh, digital filmmaking, cinematic stuff that we are famous for talking about. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, do a little bathroom break. We are gonna come right back with more of this silliness right here on Tech Group. We are back, 25th episode, uh, a momentous occasion here at Tech Move. <laughs> Again, Rod Louie, Keith Moreau with you, and we want to talk about some of the uh, cool new things that Keith uh, wants to touch on, and I think one of them is, uh, w- w- what is this, a new Canon, what is this, a Canon EF lenses that you uh, yeah. want full to talk frame, about? Full frame zooms, yeah. Okay. Oh, full frame zooms. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so one of the things that I'm doing a lot lately, because um, I'm doing this project where I'm doing lots of interviews and I'm trying to make them look similar. I'm, so I'm using the the Sony A7S, and I'm putting on uh, usually I'm putting on a uh, a Com Light adapter which converts a Canon lens to a uh, to the E mount lens that's on the Sony. And, and that's just simply a dumb adapter. Is that correct? No, no it's actually a smart adapter. In fact. Mostly, mostly have to use smart adapters with these lenses because the lenses themselves don't have all the dials on them that mm-hmm. you need to control them. Right. Like one thing that's really missing from, for example, all the Canon lenses is the aperture. They don't. There's no way to control the aperture from the lens itself. It's always electronic. Okay. So if you need to control the aperture, which you do, um, you need to have an electronic adapter. Now some of the some of the cinema lenses, like the Rokinons, they have the the aperture that's on a dial on the outside, right. on a ring. But, Correct. But um, not not always using those. So um, anyway, yeah, I 
so the com light's actually pretty good. And the thing about the com light is a full frame adapter, so it'll work with full frame lenses and the Sony full frame cameras. Are those expensive? So, no, they're really cheap. Um, they're like oh. 80, 80 to a hundred dollars. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, they're really cheap. They're yeah. they work, in my opinion, almost if, if almost as well if, if not better than the Metabones. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. That, I, then that's a great price. Yeah, I did a bunch of testing, and I don't I don't see the Metabones to be at least for the A7, A7s and for Sony's to be any better. Um, it seems like they work just as equally bad or good. Um, <laughs> do, do, do you get any increased uh, stops or anything like that from, from these Comlite? Uh, no, it's not It's not a speed booster, so it's just a... Just, just an adapter. Yeah, just an adapter with some electronics in it. Mm-hmm. So, And the build quality on the Comlite's pretty good. Um, in another segment, I'll talk about um, how I modified it to make it better but uh <laughs> we won't talk about that now sure um so so um anyway so one of the things i've been doing is i've been doing um kind of i use the a7 on a slider for kind of close-ups and it looks pretty good because you get a lot of good movement when you have a close-up and then you see the background moving you know pretty rapidly behind somebody right but you don't have to have a super long slider travel to do it sure so that's kind of that's been my thing so i usually set up so i set up two cameras the the c th- 100 and then a wide angle with the gh4 pretty close to this c100 so it's similar angle and then a a little bit behind me because there's just not enough space to put all this stuff together a little bit behind me in this in the slot between like a key light and my two cameras i put the sony a7s on a slider going back and forth with a second shooter so um, how long how long is the slider that you're using is it would it be relatively short it's really short. It's like two and a half feet. I think. Yeah. Okay. So just um, just for a little motion. That's all it is. Just for a little motion. Just a little motion. Yeah. Going yeah. back and forth with the second shooter program to loop. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I was finding was that the distance that they were to the subject was a little bit variable, like where I could set up in a room or what was appropriate. Um, and I was actually using just for a while. I was just using a uh, hundred millimeter macro, and and so I had to kind of just use that macro to um it's a nice lens 2.8 a canon 2.8 but it, it was i it was i was kind of i was kind of a uh, slave to that focal length for the distance and sometimes i want to be closer or farther put the camera closer or farther just for practical reasons mm-hmm. or else i might maybe want a little wider shot or a little narrower a little closer shot so it anyway i decided i really needed a, a really high quality um full frame zoom lens um, I, I did have a high-quality full-frame zoom lens about a year ago, but I sold it. It was the Canon, legendary Canon F2.8L. Um, but I sold it when I sold my Canon uh, 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I sold it was it was just too big and gigantic and really specialty lens, in my opinion. It's really heavy. It's like three and a half pounds, really huge. You know, I found I wasn't using it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I wasn't. Now I saw the need for it, but I didn't have any more because I sold it. I sold it, you know, for pretty much what I bought it for. So yeah. it was it was a good deal for good for investment. Me. Yeah, sure. But um, anyway, so I looked into it and I saw a couple lenses that fit the bill. Um, one was the the very highly rated uh, Tamron um, SP seventy to two hundred millimeter f two point eight. Um, it's really kind of the equivalent of the one that I sold, but just newer and better. Um, I, you know, I absolutely love 
Tamron products. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're really, really spectacular. Yeah. Some of the high-end ones, like when you start getting into the more expensive Tamron lenses, they're yeah. really good. Oh, the, uh, I think they're just as good as some of the other big names that they got. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the higher-end, um, faster lenses are excellent. Yeah. Um, I love my 24 to 70 that I'm currently using. Mm-hmm. Um, use it all the time. That's my main... That's my main C100 lens I use all the time. Super right. sharp, great contrast, really nice looking image yep. with not too much coloration. So um, anyway, so I ordered that one. I actually ordered it refurbished. So instead of being $1,500, it's only $1,000. Well, that's, um, that's, I love refurbished products too. Yeah. I always try to do, I'm doing that more and more with lenses now, uh, particularly. Um, and then, But I also ordered the Canon EF7200 F4 IS lens. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the little brother to the one that I sold. Um, and I figured, well, you know, I don't really need the super shallow depth of field of a 2.8. I'm just going to try it because maybe the F4 will be fine. Um, and also it's still got IS, so I'm going to get good vibration control. Also, the Sony A7S's are so light sensitive that you don't really need super, um, super uh, large apertures like 2.8. You can afford to go to, to to F4 because you can just bump up the sensitivity on the on the mm-hmm. Sonys. Right, and it doesn't right. really matter. Right, um, and so save a, like, and probably save a few bucks on that too. A little bit, yeah. It actually is a little more. Exp- the IS version of that lens was a little more expensive. It was like eleven hundred or something, eleven fifty for that for that one. Mm. Um, anyway, so I got them both, and about the same time, I would I think I ordered them both from Amazon actually. At the same time, knowing that I probably return one of them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I get the Tamron and I'm ver- I open it up that first because I think I got it first, and um, I'm impressed with the build quality. Um, but I just look at it and I go, "This is just too big and heavy. It's just not gonna. I mean, it's just, too I solid. Know, too it's solid. Too, it's too solid. It's too much metal. It's too big and too heavy. I think it weighs like three and a half pounds, mm. if not more, maybe mm. four pounds. Mm. So." That's just too much for this teeny little A7S, you know. Not not that you know you can't put gigantic lenses on a teeny little camera, but I just didn't. I just I just think it would just add too much complication for me. And it's kind of the reason why I got rid of my original 2.8. It's just too big, right, and heavy, right. So um, I was also later I was delivered the uh, the EF7200 f4, the Canon, uh, and then I just immediately fell in love with it. Just the size wasn't. It was a little bit smaller, a little bit less diameter. Mm-hmm. It was a lot lighter, like half the weight. Um, and then I shot stuff through it. I did a couple shoots, interviews with it, uh, and it just looked beautiful. Was, this is this is the F4. Yeah, it's the Canon EF seventy to two hundred F4 mm-hmm. IS. Mm-hmm. So it's still got image stabilization. Um, it's still got the same range. Super sharp, even at F4. Super sharp. Good range. I was able to get exactly what I wanted, the field of view I wanted, and so that's the one I'm going to keep. And and, and the, the seventy two hundred, mm-hmm. the seventy to two hundred, that is not too much of a zoom for you. Are you you got to be fairly far back from uh, from your subject then. Um, well, seventy is not that much when you're that far back. Not too so, bad. No, not too bad. Seventy is is actually pretty zoomed in if you're. Even ten feet away, mm-hmm. a seventy is going to give you is a seventy is going to be you know give you like from waist up. Okay. So it's but I'm I'm looking for a little bit closer shot, maybe you know chest up, chest or up, or maybe mm-hmm. or maybe just the face. Sure. So it's actually a perfect range for that kind of shot that I want. 
Mm-hmm. So and yeah. that and that F four gives you a nice depth of field. Yeah, because when you're at seventy or higher, you ha- the background's really blurry anyway. Yeah. So you don't really need uh, you don't really need that to blur out the background because it's already blurry. Okay. You know that was one of the techniques that I would use when I was using the smaller chip cameras was use a telephoto lens. Right. And, and just and just blur out the background that yeah. way. So it's kind of the, kind of the same technique. So you don't necessarily need such a such a large aperture to do that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I have to do with the GH one to to, yeah. to get and get that effect. Yeah, and you can do that really well. It's just mm. that you have to get far back. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it just to give a different. It does give her a slightly different character because things are a little bit flatter, mm-hmm. uh, less three D. But, but yeah, it's I'm that's the one I'm going to keep. So unfortunately, Tamron uh, lost out on this uh, battle of the uh, seventy to two hundreds. Yeah, it lost out. I think if they had had a F four version, that was the competitor to the mm-hmm. Canon one that I got. I think that actually I would have gotten the Tamron, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't. They don't offer it. Or maybe if it was lighter. Yeah, if it was lighter, yeah, that might have helped. Did it's you just, did, did you try the Tamron and, and see what kind of uh, image it gave you, even though it was so heavy? I honestly did not even. Oh, look surprising! It. I didn't. I didn't even put it on. I didn't want to mess it up or anything. I wanted to be yeah. in really pristine shape so that I would be able to return it and there'd be right. no issues. Okay. Um, but I could tell, and from all the reviews and everything, I could tell that that was going to be a really good lens. Mm-hmm. But I just, I didn't want to you know, even consider it. Cause I just been picking it up and stuff. I just didn't want to deal with it. It's like, I guess it's kind of one of those things where you don't want to fall in love with it in case it is spectacular because knowing it's just going to be so heavy and lugging it all over the place. Yeah. You just didn't want to do it anyway. So Ex- exactly. So, I mean, so what I, what I did do is I tried out the F4, the Canon F4 and I loved it. I fell in love with it. Yeah. When I, as soon as I snapped it on the camera. Right. And I loved the images that were coming out because I was looking on a really nice monitor. Uh, the way I use the the uh, second shooter is I kind of have to have a separate monitor because mm-hmm. I can't really see it through. It's really in a, it really inconvenient to have to look through the actual camera. Right. To frame stuff up and... Sure. You know, because it's moving around, so I'm continually having to adjust the second shooter. It's a close-up, so when somebody shifts their position in their chair, I have to change... Right, I have to I have to pan up or down or left or right with a second shooter. So it's I have to have a monitor, but I have a really good monitor. I'm using the Odysseys as the monitor. Yeah, it's an OLED super resolution, and it, so just looking at that, I fell in love with it. The image just yeah. instantly, you know, it's this beautiful Canon look. Yeah. So I didn't. It was easier for me not to have to try the other one. Yeah. It's like it. it no, this I, is be- I get it. I get yeah. it. So yeah. yeah. So. But I was. Oh, um, oh well, uh, you know, I forgot to ask. Was there a price difference, Tamron, Canon? Um, well, the Tamron normally the full new price is fifteen hundred dollars. Right, and you got it for a thousand refurbished. Yeah, um, the new price on the Canon was I think eleven fifty. So right in that same ballpark, they're, they're they're pretty close. They're right there. They're pretty close. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the the a really good deal, and and maybe if I was really into saving money, I could have gotten the F four L without the IS. Mm-hmm. And that's only like six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. so it's quite a bit less. And that's a really good. I I tried that long time ago when I was trying out lenses for my DSLR days. Mm-hmm. I did try that version uh, before I got the two point eight. But that was back when things weren't so light sensitive. Yeah, and so right. the two point eight was more valuable. Yeah. Um. But I w- if I was just if I was a mobile shooter only shooting shooting d- during daylight, I would have gone for the f four back then too. But the the IS gives a little bit more leeway. Um, if I'm using it as a still camera, it 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 allows me to 
be more mobile with it and still get sharp images. Um, and then just all the all the uses of an IS lens, no matter what I'm using it on. It's just it the fact I would always get an IS lens over a non IS lens if it was available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just much more versatile. Sure. So sure. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I, I'm sorry for the t- loss to Tamron because as I speak to you right now, I'm holding my old Tamron lens <laughs> uh, that I had for my old Nikon uh, SLR uh, that is pretty darn heavy. I got to tell you, it's pretty darn heavy. It's a 28 to 200 millimeter. It's an old one, uh, but it's a you know it's one of those you know kind of cheap ones. It's a 3.8 to 5.6 type of yeah. thing. They're um, they're they make a line of really budget, just like any yeah. lens manufacturer. They make a line of budget lenses and yeah. then a line of super high-end lenses like yeah. this one. Yeah. And yet, and usually their super high-end lenses are still a better deal than the Canon lenses. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Bang, bang, Absolutely. Yeah. Just bang for buck quality-wise, they're a better deal. Yeah. Um, um, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm so, you. and and then, of course, Sigma is, is also up there. Particularly nowadays, the Sigma maybe used to be a little lesser quality, and now now I think they up their game. So yeah. they're definitely up there. Are are, so. are you considering that one for your GH four at all? Uh, the one that I just got. Uh, your for uh no the the Sigma Art lens for your GH four. Are you considering that uh, um, lens it, for that? A, a couple things. Yep. Uh, if I had the GH five with sensor stabilization mm-hmm. and that was my main camera mm-hmm. and I was using a Metabones Ultra speed booster mm-hmm. then that would probably be one of the main lenses I was using mm-hmm. um, but I'm not a GH4 like GH4 is my wide camera right? so I don't need to put a gigantic uh, expensive heavy zoom on it mm-hmm. uh, I just have my 12 to 35 and that's it and it works really well for that that's your super wide 12 to 35 that's about as as far as you go with that you yeah don't, I don't, you don't even put on a 50 on that on a standard 50 lens on there um no i mean i have a I have an, a couple other lenses for it i have a um, olympus and i have the original uh kit lens which is actually not bad right i think that's the one you have yep um but no, I mean for my particular use and professional use, mm-hmm. I just use the twelve to thirty-five because mm-hmm. it gives me that nice wide, a little bit of variability. It's super sharp, and uh, that's what I use it for. But if I was just a GH4 shooter exclusively, mm-hmm. then I'd, I would I would I probably get it. Um, the issue is that the art the um, that lens that you mentioned from Sigma is not stabilized, right? So you just have to have some support or some way to make it less shaky. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, but but I mean I know a lot of shooters that use that combo. Like that's the that's the go to combo with the speed booster. Oh yeah, I know that 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 seems to be if you're a GH4 user, that seems to be the industry standard right now. Yeah, I think it's a great deal for what you get. Yeah, and the GH4 is a really remarkable camera. It's mm-hmm. got, it's it's actually amazing that they fit all those features into such a inexpensive package. It's yeah. just amazing. No, it's it's, it's, really, it's great. Yeah, I just a couple things that I wish it had, which hopefully the GH5 will have. I wish it had image stabilization, mm-hmm. and I wish it had a punch-in focus zoom while you're recording. You you can't, as far as I know now. If there's listeners out there that ha- have more experience than me, if you can if you can tell me how to be recording and punch in the zoom so you can check focus, I will 
I don't know. I'll, I'll mention you on Tech Move. <laughs> it, isn't it? Isn't it depressing the the shutter button halfway while shooting that will give you that? Um, is that true? That's focusing, right? But I'm talking about zooming in. Oh, so zooming in. I'm yeah, sorry. So you can manually focus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas no. the A7S does it, mm-hmm. which is really helpful because okay. you don't want to have to stop the recording to check your focus. Mm-hmm. And yet, with especially 4K, you really need to be in focus. Right. So anyway, those two things, if you're listening, Panasonic, I think you are. You've got your spies listening. To they, they are. They're listening. <laughs> Do that, please. And, yeah. and they know how much I'm always drooling about the GH4, but I am still only on the GH1 because <laughs> I refuse to give that up. So I th- You may consider the G8, I think it's called. Yeah. You uh, may consider that one's that one's practically a GH4, but it's even better. Oh, it's but it's even better. Yeah, because it's got a stabilized uh, sensor. I'll wait for the GH5. Okay. I'll wait for it because that's coming around. You know that's coming around the corner because what else are they going to do? Not much more they can do on the thing. Except Not for much more. Two, except for the two things that you just mentioned. Right. Right. So, so I'll wait for GH5. I'll make my move. Okay. When yeah. it comes out, I expect you to get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as soon as some guy drives up and down my block with with a with a van and says that he's got one in the back, I'll I'll be the first one to get it. Um. Okay. Uh. What so, else? Oh, that. Uh. So that's excellent. So okay. So Canon EF seventy uh, to two hundred f four image stabilization. That's your baby right now. That's that's the one that I'm going to be keeping and going to be in my bag when I'm doing this A seven S shooting. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Speaking Great. of A7S, let's 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 go there. Let's let's talk about this. Yesterday, <laughs> UPS delivered an A7S Mark II. Wow. Really? Yes. My great So you have one in your hot little hands right now. I'm actually holding it as we speak and, and is holding it, the A7S. And is it beautiful? It is actually Physically, I think it is more attractive than the last than the A7. The okay. A7S2 is more attractive. Okay. And I think just because they've rounded some things, they've it's actually a little bit less. If it doesn't feel like you're holding shards of glass in your hand when you're using it, <laughs> that was one of your main complaints <laughs> with the old one. Yeah, you, you didn't you didn't like the form factor of it. It didn't feel great in your hand. Yeah, it's still not perfect. It's still a little a little bit squarish and, mm-hmm. and pointy. Right. But um, but they've actually improved it a bit the 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 dials and things are a little bit rounder more they just scrape your skin less when you're using it <laughs> the handle's a little bit bigger i think it's a little slightly larger and that may be because it does 4k internally for heat um i'm not sure exactly why it's bigger mm-hmm. but it's okay i actually like it bigger i think it's a better camera when it's bigger is it heavy um i think it's about the same weight okay as the last one i guess okay. i could i guess i could try it i have one right here well, let me just... In fact, I have my scale here. We're going to do a scientific test. <laughs> here we, here, here, here's, here's the one specification we're going to clear up right now, ladies and we're gentlemen. We're going to clear this up. Okay, I'm taking the A7 off my little battery pack. Uh-huh. Uh, the original one. And okay. it has a little cover on it, but that, that, shouldn't affect the, that shouldn't affect the weight. Okay, I've got mm-hmm. my scale here. Mm-hmm. So I've got one pound exactly. Okay. And that's for the A7. Right. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah, and I'm going to take... Oh, but that's without the battery, so I'm going to have to take the battery out of my mm-hmm. 
Okay, so this is without, and then A7S Mark II. Let's see, I think it is heavier. Oh, wow. It's quite a bit heavier. One pound, five ounces. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so it's five ounces heavier. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty significant when you're talking about a camera that only weighs a pound. Right. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't think that extra little weight's going to make it less useful, though. So uh, tell me about your feel. Have you taken it on a spin yet? Have you, uh, uh, have you tried anything with it yet? Um, the, I just got it yesterday, so I actually did want to try it out because I knew we were going to record today. Yes. And it would be kind of lame if I didn't try it at all. So, right. So I put my kind of crappy uh, but convenient uh, um, Sony E-mount lens on it. Mm. It's actually... I just kind of got it because I wanted to have at least one native lens that was kind of versatile mm. and it wasn't too expensive. So it's the FE 3.5 to 5.6, 28 to 70. Oh, so so that's kind of a standard type of lens type of thing. Nothing overly spectacular. No, it's kind of like a kit lens. Yeah. In my okay. opinion. I think I paid, I don't think I paid much. I think I paid maybe $400 for it used. That or you probably got it with one of your mini Canons before. Uh, well, no, this one is actually a, a native Sony E-mount full-frame okay. lens. It's actually okay. kind of not, it's it's specifically meant for these full-frame lens, the full-frame cameras. Okay. So, and I, and I got it because I wanted to occasionally have a lens where I didn't have to add an adapter and I could test things out natively and see how the autofocus worked. And this is also a stabilized, optical stabilized lens. Mm -hmm. So, but this one, let me see, it's, uh, I'm just going to look up and see what the retail is on it. Yeah, so... I guess I got it for I got it for three hundred dollars used, although it was brand new, uh, and it goes for five hundred dollars. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's a pretty good lens. Not bad. It's not bad. It's not terrible, although mm. I'm not sure how great it is because I've taken photos with it and I'm not super impressed. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, that could just be me not being that careful. Right. You know, sometimes you know, learning to use these cameras is, you know. Not, it's challenging to get sure. the best out of them. Sure, sure. But sure. anyway, so I took it up and I said, okay, I'm going to try out the low light and some of the log uh, profiles. And and so I went up, took a hike, took it with me. Really great, really small, fit in my little, just a teeny little um, kind of shoulder pack that I have for small cameras like this. I usually keep my old GH1 in it. I took that out and put this in. <laughs> the, one, the, the same one you have. Yep. Yeah, it's just kind of where I keep keep it from collecting dust sure so <laughs> so uh anyway i um yeah tried it out tried it on some kind of almost sunset time shots to see what the dynamic range was i did it all in 4k so i while i was walking it was the first time um you know i'd actually had the camera so i was actually doing the setup while i was walking to the trail oh really okay yeah so it was like 20 minutes of kind of walking on the street before i get to the head, trail of the head on the mountain and not and not getting run over by passerbys I think I was really fortunate not to get run over because I was really focused on I'm, I'm sure. this, these incomprehensible Sony menus. <laughs> There's like 50,000 menus in Sony, the Sony camera. It's, uh, everybody talks about how bad it is. I guess because it's so versed, like there's so many settings. Yeah. But it just, for some reason, it's like, it doesn't seem like they've grouped the right settings together. It seems just like it's random. Yeah. Anyway, there's all these screens and you have to go through them and it's hard to remember where to go. But I kind of set it up so it kind of worked like, like I set up some of the custom buttons and I set up the, you know, for example, something that you need to do a lot is adjust the ISO. So there's a there's a scroll wheel on the back. There's kind of a four 
a, a scroll wheel just has you can also press the top and the left and right and the bottom mm-hmm. of it and then you can press the middle and you can scroll it in on the back nice it's like a, yeah it's actually pretty versatile so i set that scroll wheel to control iso mm-hmm. and so because you're always changing iso yeah and then there's normal shutter speed and aperture as well um and then there's a, like four or five function buttons so i set those to some convenient things of course i'm going to forget I think I've already forgotten what they all do, but uh, <laughs> and um, you have to just reset them all over again. I think I'm going to have to create some kind of cheat sheet that I just yeah. keep with the camera. Sure, because I hardly ever set these things. Right. But um, anyway, tried it out on some um, some shots. Thought I did okay. the 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 optical plus the in body stabilization was amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so steady. Really? Was, yeah that that part was good. It's not like a it's not like a steady cam. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, it's not going to even out, you know, huge shifts. Right. But if you're if you're trying to hold the camera fairly level and steady, and doing like a pan across from left to right, right, it looks like you're on a tripod. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's really steady. Well, that's that good. part is cool. Yeah, um, I think that's the combination of the two having two uh, stabilized things, the the lens and the camera. Right. Because what I've heard is that when the when the when you connect the Sony uh, lens, which is stabilized to the camera, there's some communication goes on and they work together to make mm-hmm. it better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an advantage to the Sony stuff, but to using Sony lenses, the problem is, is that the Sony lenses suck. They're not that great, right? I don't know. I mean, I know that the, the, they're, they're made probably by getting like, be- they're getting better, I think, they, but they're getting better, but they're made by like, uh, I don't know. I just don't, they're not very versatile. First of all, they don't have very many fast lenses and the fast lenses they have, I'm talking about lenses that go like 1.4. I think the lowest ones they have are 1.8. So they're but not do, even But do you need that with the A7S? You don't really need that and that's probably what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's still nice to have that ability to have that shell up the field if you want it. Yeah. Like it'd right. be nice to go that low. Sure. Um they also ha- all have focus by wire, which means the lens ring does not actually control the physical lens elements, which means it's always sending an electronic signal to the Sony to to actually do the focusing. Oh. And it's yeah, and it's really hard to actually focus it manually if you are into manual focus. It's it's probably kind of not, like it's probably not as fast. It's not as fast. There's a lag, and it's also not responding linearly to your turns. It's it's kind of judging how fast you're turning, and it's like if you go really fast, then it focuses really focuses really fast in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Thinking that you know you're in an emergency and you need this one millimeter of travel to equal ten millimeters if you were going slow, you know. But it's hard to predict how to do that. So they should have just done it linearly. They should have just had it always the same. Um, anyway, and I just find that the, 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 um, various full frame choices, just, there's just not a lot of choices. Like for the Canons, there's tons of choices, but for the Sony's, there's not a lot of full frame choices. Right. That's, and that's why people use the adapters because they have more, more choice. They probably already have Canon glass. They, they like the way their Canon glass works, especially for filmmakers. Right. So anyway, but there's a lot of advantages to using Sony glass. The autofocusing works way better and faster. There's that stabilization com- communication thing. Um, you know, there's advantages. So I think a lot of people, because the A7S is so popular or the A7 series is, are so pop- popular, they're probably going to sell a lot more Sony lenses now. Yeah. You know, and also because the adapters are not, for whatever reason, the adapters are not adapting that well. Oh, they, really? Yeah, they just don't seem to... I mean, in my opinion, right, if, if if you have a lens that is communicating electronically with the body, why can't you emulate it exactly? You know, why why is it slower? 
Yeah. Like, like why when you autofocus with a Canon lens using like a meta bones, why is it slower than using a Sony? It shouldn't have to be yeah. right. If it's right. some, if it's computing fast enough, I don't, so I don't know if their electronics are bad or if there's some kind of physical limitation going on. It just seems like they should get that better, especially since they're charging so much for the adapters. Oh, so, I know. Yeah. 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 But, um, but anyway, shot some shots, really, really eager to take it home. Some of them were really, you know, probably like pretty much after dark or after dusk. So mm. they're pretty dim. But, I, you know, the Sony is supposed to be a light monster. So the A7S II that I have, it's supposed to be a light monster. So I just tried a few shots and different different um, profiles. Most of them were in log two, uh, two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, got them home, and I looked at the footage, and I was really not very impressed. Oh, kinda, no. <laughs> Yeah, it was real. It was kind of disappointing. Really, I think just because it was me, I don't think it was the camera, but I think I just need. It's not like something where you just can do whatever you want and then it's going to be perfect, you know. And that's like one of the like you need to fiddle around with it a little bit more and kind yeah. of understand the camera a little bit. Yeah, I think uh-huh. I need to understand the camera. Maybe use better lenses on it. That's one of the reasons. I don't think this lens is very good, um, and I don't think the lens is super sharp, you know. And then maybe. And, and when it's dark, it it's even suffers more. But isn't that the thing that really displeases you a lot about these products is that you're hoping a lot of these things come out out of the box, ready to go. <laughs> I mean, that's what your hope is that you're just going to get this amazing thing right away. But at the same time, you could probably expect that out of a Canon product, mm-hmm. maybe more than a Sony. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Sony's, you kind of need to work on them and tweak them and get them to be right. They mm-hmm. don't just come out of the box, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. And that's okay. That's okay. I am I have a pretty specific use for this camera. I I was hoping that at some point it might be maybe even replace the C100 because in, in almost every way it's potentially better than the C100. Right. It does four, It does 4K. It has, when you have Internally, this... Internally, Kurt, too, right? Yeah, it does 4K internally. And mm-hmm. then the you know, 4K internal, I'm also not sure how great it is you know it may be that the 4k internal recording on the gh4 is actually better oh really Uh, just 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 the codec itself and Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe the recording i'm not positive though i have i still jury's out on it Mm -hmm. but um and it was practically shooting in the dark last night maybe i'm expecting a little too much but um I, but I don't think so. I mean, isn't that what we're? Uh, isn't that the the marketing idea? Is that you know we're supposed to be, you know, buried twelve feet underground <laughs> like coal miners, and we should be able to get like holiday f- photographs or or video uh, using this thing when when we're buried, you know, at the center of the earth. At yes, least, well, I, well, I, 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 you know, that's that's what I thought it was supposed to do. <laughs> With that criteria, right? <laughs> Those are lofty expectations, Rod Louie. But hey, you know that's what I'm looking at. I'm gonna have to put some different lenses on it, see if they react differently, and just also fine tune the the settings. Maybe maybe log. I've heard that log is not good to shoot at night anyway, and that may be true. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna have to find the best the best shooting style for nighttime, mm-hmm. um, if that's what I'm gonna do, and and for daytime. I'm going to also have to just explore the, if I'm going to use these native lenses, you know, how, what, what I need to do with them to get them to look good or use adapters and make them look, make them look better with sharper lenses. Yeah. So jury's out on the image, but I assume it's awesome because everybody says it's awesome. So, and I assume it's better than my A7S and that's awesome, you know? Um, but 
potentially it could actually i mean this camera spec wise and everything is is better than the c100 that i have mm-hmm. as my main camera mm-hmm. except it does more it does 4k internally it it has um the stabilized body um it's got super low light capability so i can really push it if i need to mm-hmm. um with the interface there's a micro professional microphone interface on it so the way the sony's have they have this hot shoe but it's actually got a lot more connectors on it than a normal hot shoe mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a regular flash shoe if you want to use a flash but it's also got all these pins on it and if you put the special adapter in you can actually break it out and have really good audio going in so i actually have one of those audio adapters that's pretty neat yeah it's it's pretty cool it, it has two xlrs and controls and everything just like a professional camcorder mm-hmm. like like the like my c100 or the other ones that i have so um potentially this camera could be an a camera um there's a couple things holding it back one is that there have been reports even with this camera of overheating which is a real downer that that could be a problem yeah that's a that's a like like i actually before i ordered this and bought it i didn't really read any reports of overheating because mm-hmm. i didn't they yeah. weren't out yet yeah. Um, now that I have it, I'm seeing some people complaining that after a couple, like one and a half times of recording up to 30 minutes, it shuts down because it overheats. Well, I think because you're doing interview uh, stuff, you better try that out. Like you better just run it overnight tonight and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm going to set up a test setup where I point it at uh, like a computer running a screensaver. Right. And I'm going to have it in 4K mode and <clears throat> I'm going to put my... Uh, I think I'm going to put my AC adapter on it because it'll run out of batteries before a couple right. shots. But um, some people have said all they need to do is just turn it off, wait a minute and turn it on, and then it's fine. Like mm-hmm. maybe Sony has some kind of timer in there mm-hmm. where they're saying if this camera is on continuously for more than 90 minutes, then just shut it off no matter what. You know, that has nothing to do with how it's how hot it's actually getting. So I'm hoping it's something like that. That sounds, it is kind pretty, of, that sounds pretty lame, though. It does sound really lame. It's really, really lame. Because this camera is made for video, right? Yeah. So you would expect people to be using this for more than 30 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, I'm going to have to test it. Maybe maybe some people just got bad copies, and I'll have to test mine to see if it's a good or a bad copy. Okay, so here's the, here's a big question for you. You do your test. It yeah. overheats. Yeah. Does it go right back to uh, uh, wherever you bought it, or uh, do you still keep it and, and work around it? I don't know. I have to think about it because it do, it does because that's its, a big deal. That's it a big is a deal pretty, for you. It is a pretty deal, and it's not cheap. It's three thousand dollars exactly. So, you know, if I mean, I might as well just keep using my A seven S, and if I want to do four K, just run it out to my Odyssey because mm-hmm. that does four K exactly. Just, yeah. So, but there are some advantages. It does have better image, better low light, supposedly. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll see. I'm going to do the testing and see, but it's a little bit of a a little bit of a bummer because uh, I'm excited to hear yeah. your, your results of of the test. Yeah, and, and maybe um, by the time we record again, um, we'll we'll be able to update people like sure. in another segment of this episode. Oh yeah, maybe in our uh, uh, in in our long goodbyes that we always maybe, do. Maybe uh, in the uh, goodbye. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do that. That's anyway. great. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for now on my a7s mark ii report well i'm excited for you that you have that i'm uh, uh i'm excited that uh it, it has come through i you know highly anticipated uh camera and uh i can't wait for you to kind of fine tune it dial it in mm-hmm. and and see what you can really get out of it and um 
you know, that'll be very interesting if that replaces the C100 or not, because that that's uh, one of your old time favorites right there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. All right. um, Let's do this. Let's take another break. Okay. And uh, we will come back. Uh, and talk about other uh, cool new stuff that uh, that has crossed uh, the desks of uh, Tech Move, and um, so uh, we need to, in all due diligence, we need to report honestly and quickly, uh, like we always do. <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, we're gonna come right back. You got Rod and Keith right here on Tech Move. Well, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, here on Tech Move with Rod and Keith to do, I guess this would be Keith, I think this would be the second installment for us of our brand new segment called Fix It Even If It Ain't Broke. And This is but- our second anniversary of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, but we're 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 also throwing in a little caveat here, uh, and I think it's special for Keith, and he's probably going to go off on this one. Uh, but we're calling it "Fix It," even if it ain't broke. The A7S2 edition. So this, so that's got to mean we're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Keith, uh, you 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 want to kind of give us a little lay of the land here on this one? Sure. Yeah, well, as you know, I just can't leave anything alone. Uh, even if This I know. This I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when I got... It's kind of cool because I haven't... For some reason, I'm actually really excited about this A7S II, even though I have like an A7S and it's almost identical. <laughs> but it's somehow... Insp- I think because I can record 4K, so I can't find... I, I think I might be able- using it more. Right. And and so because I'm using it more, I need it to be more useful to me, like not just to set up on a tripod as a third like C camera, but actually maybe as an A camera. And right. and because of that, I, I guess I've just been a little more obsessed about fixing it if it ain't broke. <laughs> right. And to, to, to make it modified for Keith and uh, and a little bit more handy for you. Yeah, to make it work for me. Right. So, um, but but I actually I do like it. It's for it's just a little bit more. I don't know. It feels a little bit more like an extension of my body more than the other one. Um, so so one of the things I got was, and this isn't really fixing or doing anything, but I basically got a battery grip. You know, like I got for the A7S. Right. Because this thing it just eats batteries. You oh, mean, it does. Even I think even more than the A7S because it's got the built-in sensor stabilization thing. Right. I think that probably uses a little juice and and anyway, the, you can you can really only count on like an hour at the most of continuous recording on 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 the stock battery. Yeah, on the one battery that you mm-hmm. put in, the one teeny little battery that's like right. half the size of all of their batteries in existence. <laughs> so, um, and the thing is, you can get these ba- these batteries are really the third-party ones are really cheap. So. I don't think it's like Sony wanted to make more money on batteries because they're probably not because they're probably not selling a lot of extra batteries. You know, other people like Wasabi and others are making money. But but for some reason, maybe because, you know, they initially wanted to keep the camera small, they just kept the battery size the same. 
Right. So, um, so I got this. The same. It's basically the same thing that I got last time. It's the the Mikey, M I E K E battery grip, uh, except this one's for the A7 II line. Um, you know, when I bought it, I actually bought it on Amazon, and uh, it had some other brand on, on the on the on the Amazon listing. But actually, when I got it, it was a, a Mikey. So it's the same. You know, it's like buying a Mikey. It is. A so Mikey. you were you were happy with that. Yeah, I was happy with it. And, it was, you know, frankly, on a more important uh, issue, did you use techmovepodcast.com slash Amazon? No, I didn't because that's, <laughs> Ill- that's illegal. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, that's right. If I got caught, we'd probably lose our... We'd lose something. That's right. Sure. <laughs> well, 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 and that's why, ladies and gentlemen, we encourage you folks out there to use techmovepodcast.com slash Amazon to help support the podcast. But anyway, that's my little soapbox edition. Let's go back to you, Keith. Um, yeah. So I just ordered it there, got it in a day. It was, it was like 65 bucks or something. It was really cheap or 70 bucks. That's a pretty good amazing. deal. That sounds good. And and it's just it's virtually identical to the the Sony one that's like two to three hundred dollars or something. Sure. I don't know, but um, it fit on really well. Uh, it you know basically doubles the life of the system. But the thing is, is what I like about it, it seems like it makes it even more ergonomic, um, and particularly with when you have larger lenses on this thing. Because right now I'm, I don't have that many just native F. They're called F E mount lenses, so they're mm-hmm. E mount, but then the F in front of it means full frame. So Ideally, in order to record in 4K, well, actually, the thing won't work unless you're in full frame in 4K. The A7S II, you can't record 4K uh, unless you have a full frame lens. There's no crop-in mode for that. Um, And the reason for that is that the sensor is exactly the right size for 4K. So if you had like an APS-C size lens on it, and and then you punched in on that, it would actually be reducing the resolution. And oh, so so there would be degradation at that. Yeah, they, you'd be reducing the rev- resolution, and then you'd be—I guess—they would be magnifying it out again back to 4K. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's just not enough power to do that at a high quality. Some cameras do that, like for example, the I think the R the RE Alexa. Um, they actually have a 4K mode in the RE Alexa. I think the Amira, maybe just the regular one. And they actually can't, because there's such a clamoring for 4K that they wanted to give this feature, but it's actually just upsampling their kind of 2K resolution that's in the camera. So the camera sensor is actually 2K, but then just to to say to say that they're a 4K camera, they're actually up-resing it. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, um, mm. And I guess you could do that. I mean, Sony could have decided to do that, and they may do that with the 7, A7R2. I'm not sure, but I don't think they do. Um, I think they're just cropping a little bit on their on their full frame sensor to get an S35 4K. But um anyway, so you like and what's I actually discovered that this week cuz for some reason I saw a blog post that you could you could actually record uh with an APS-C lens. And I have I have a couple um Sony uh APS-C lenses, you know, E-mount lenses, lenses, right, right. but they're APS-C size. So I put my trusty um it's it's a lens I've had forever that I got with the FS100. It's the um, it's actually surprisingly not a bad lens. It's the eighteen to two hundred, and um, it's so that's a pretty wide range, you know, and it's not that big. Yeah. And so I put I I was I was gonna test it all out, and I was really excited about it. And then um, as I was walk as I was going into the area that I was gonna test it, I, you know, my little hike that I take once, you know, pretty often, mm. I. Uh, 
I, I put it on and there was just this huge crop on either side <laughs> when oh, I was really? recording. Yeah, it was just like this circle. It was, it was kind of look, looking through those old time, you know, movies when they show people looking through binoculars. And there's right. Like the <laughs> <laughs> All you need are the hash marks and then you could fire your missiles, right? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like that. It was like mm-hmm. looking down the tube. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I went, really? And then I looked at all the settings, and then I did just a quick search on my phone, and yeah, you can't. It doesn't work in 4K. Oh, okay. So if you want to use APS-C, you can do it in HD, mm-hmm. and then it does some kind of cropping, and, and it works okay. So that's mm-hmm. basically what I did at that point, is I just switched the, the camera from a 4K mode to HD mode. Mm-hmm. And that was actually kind of cool, because I actually discovered a bunch more stuff about it, and I'll talk about that later, maybe maybe in our conclusion i'll talk about my tests with, okay. with the camera right. but anyway okay so battery grip not a big deal but one thing i was noticing lately and i was actually noticing this more because i was just using the a7 more before i got the a7s for the those kind of slider close-up shots that i like in my interviews because i had right. this project where i just t- did tons of interviews and i used them a lot i did it more than i had constant and i concentrated like in two weeks i did like 10 interviews with the slider thing and um the the second shooter slider and and I was kind of noticing um, that I was getting like extra glare off the when I was uh, I like to shoot with a lot of backlight and I was getting kind of an extreme glare like I I couldn't it was much more glare than I was expecting you know so if you're shooting right into the sun or right you know pretty close to the sun you're bound to get some type of glare where it of basically course. just yeah and it just washes out the frame and kind of lo- reduces the contrast but this was pretty extreme. And so anyway, um, I, the only way that I could really fix it was to put a flag right, right over the lens, not blocking the image, but just almost over the hood, like even farther down than the hood was sticking out. Mm-hmm. And if I got it right to the edge of the frame, it reduced it a little bit, but not mm-hmm. perfectly. So this thing that I use that's actually, I haven't used it for a while because I haven't really had the need for it, but I, I, after the first couple shoots where I noticed the flare, the extreme flare, I got this, I, I, I whipped out out of its nice safe drawer the, um, it's called the Flare Buster. Flare Buster. Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool. I got this a long time ago, back in the DSLR days, because um, I do like to shoot in the sun a lot, uh, facing the sun. So, <clears throat> and it basically, it's it's something that, that plugs into your hot shoe, and it's got kind of a, a flexible arm. I see. It almost looks like a gooseneck. Yeah. Uh, arm. Yeah. And and then you just, it's basically just got like a little clamp that you can mm-hmm. clamp this little black plastic kind of matte finished flag. <laughs> what, is, is, it like, is it like a sunshade for your camera? Yeah, it's a sunshade. And you could, yeah, it's exactly that. It's it's kind of like a, yeah, it's basically like flipping down the visor when you're driving yeah. to block the sun. Yeah. yeah. It, looks, it, 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 it looks like a, a, like a little... Like like a little like a little umbrella you'd put in your drink, but a little bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah. So I worked a lot better, but I still I don't know, I still felt like the glare was more than it should be. Mm-hmm. So I did a little research on it and I found that really it's because I'm using these these uh these EF to E mount adapters. In this oh. case yeah. Uh-huh. In in this case I'm using the calm light. Which, believe it or not, is only like eighty bucks, right? And and it's probably at least at this point, it I think it's actually better electronically better than the Metabones at four four fifty. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, and it fits well, and it's I think it's high quality. Um, 
I mean, it does everything I need to do. It controls the aperture. Um, it it activates the. It powers up the IS on the lens. Um, the autofocus is pretty bad. Uh, it's really slow. It hunts, and then eventually it maybe lands on the focus, but it takes about three seconds to do it mm-hmm. each time. Whereas some of the metabones that I have, they don't even do anything. Like you press the focus half press, and nothing happens. It's fully manual, some of the metabones, right? Well, yeah, they, they're supposed to do focusing, but mm-hmm. at least on the Sony A7s, they don't do it that well. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, Sony changed their standards for focusing, and, they, and the metabones didn't update it. And I have some older metabones, and I'm not sure if I can upgrade these to make them work. So I might have to get a newer metabones to see if it works, but... I'm not sure if I want to spend four hundred dollars just just for that, right? But I might order one to evaluate and see and if it works. You know, just like the calm light, then there's no point. But the thing about the calm light is, and this is true of many adapters actually, the inside, uh, the coating, it's not really coated on the inside with anything unreflective. It's just kind of got a semi-gloss black finish to it on on the very inside of the adapter, and so. When light hits it, any kind of light, uh, any any stray light that might not actually be hitting the the sensor, will tend to hit the walls of this adapter, the inside mm-hmm. walls, right. and it just reflects off like a mirror, <laughs> you know. And and even though it's black, it still reflects quite a bit of light, you know. Oh, like really? if you, oh, yeah, like if you shined yeah. a flashlight into this, you would see a reflection of the of the bulb. Probably just this. because of the glass inside and stuff like that too. Yeah. And the yeah, you're exactly. And the surface of this um of this thing is just not that matte. You know, if you look inside your camera, like any kind of camera, you'll take the lens off, look inside it, it's really black. I mean it's really hard to see anything because it's so matte finish, it really absorbs the light. Nothing's they're trying to make it so there's nothing reflecting. In the case of these adapters, I think they're just so cheap that they don't do much to make that better Mm -hmm. anyway so i did a little research and i found out that you can and i actually thought about this in the past a long time ago there's there's a substance called flocking okay and and it's called it's basically i mean it's used a lot for costume making and jewelry and stuff it's basically just kind of like fur adding fur to something and sometimes it's done by you coat something with glue and then you dip it in this kind of like little fibers isn't flocking like what they use in construction? It's like uh, texturing on walls and stuff like that. Um, it may be called that. I'm I'm not sure about the term. I'm I'm familiar with the t- term in costuming and finishing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like adding kind of a fuzz. Like it could be different colors. It could okay. be you know any color you want. But it's it's used a lot to just. To, it's kind of like the like a velvety surface. It's kind of like velvet, right. basically that very fine, kind of fibrous stuff 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 you do it by coating something you have this flocking material in fact i got a bunch a few years ago i was thinking of doing this for some other purpose and i got a bunch like i got a a jar of this flocking material and i was going to spray some glue and some stuff and coat it and i never did it (laughs) so i still have this stuff unopened but uh, i have a lot of stuff like that (laughs) 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 lots of unopened you know unstarted projects right but things that <laughs> pa- way past their uh, ability to return oh yeah way past way right. past right. but i did a little research and i found this guy that had a similar issue with uh adapters i'm not sure if it was the same brand as as the one i was using like if he was using a calm light or not mm-hmm. it might have even been with a metabones but he found a pretty easy way to flock the inside of this of the of the adapter Okay. So basically, you can buy this flock. It's called flocking paper, 
and it's just basically self-adhesive paper. One side has the flocking already on it, all glued mm -hmm. on and properly applied. The other side is just like sticky. So you you get this paper, you cut it up, you apply it, and then you, and then and then it's it. <laughs> but don't you have to get it into the adapter? Yeah. So you just take the adapter. You don't really have to take it apart. You just have to expose both sides so you can kind of see what you're doing. Oh, so it has to be off the camera, off the lens. You can yeah. just like like uh, lining the inside of a tire. Uh, lining the inside of a tire. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's say the adapter is like a tire, and then you put oh, the, yeah. you, you put this you put this single sided tape on the inside of the uh, of, of the tire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like that, right? Yeah, it's it's basically. So what I did was I took some regular paper and just kind of cut it out so that it it kind of matched the different surfaces because they're basically four pieces you need to put on. Mm -hmm. There's four four surfaces that aren't don't have any flocking on it. And I didn't get it perfect, you know. But the thing is, and I realized it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it could be a little bit larger than the area you need because mm -hmm. it's pretty flexible. Once you kind of stick it on, it, you can kind of bend it around the edges and blend it up the sides, and then you can over overlap it, and it's not going to really affect the operation of it. So the anal people out there that need it to be perfect, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It just has to coat it all so that there's no shiny stuff uh, exposed. And... And I didn't do it to, so much on the front surfaces or the back surfaces. Those seem to have some flocking material on them. Like they had more flocking than the inside part, kind of the tubish part. Um, just not the part that was like perpendicular to the camera or the lens, but the t part that was parallel to the to the lens. Um, I just coated those four uh, walls and put it on. I tested it before, so basically I aimed at something kind of towards the sun. Mm -hmm. totally blown out flurry bad i put the flocking on surprisingly not that hard i mean it wasn't like one of those things where, where there was a lot of swearing it was actually pretty easy <laughs> uh -huh. amazingly it was easy i don't right. know why um first time on, ever <laughs> yeah um and then aimed it in the same area same situation kind of towards the sun and it was a lot less glare but there was still a little bit there was a little bit of glare maybe a little bit more Excuse me, maybe a little bit more than if you were, if you were just using a native E mount lens, maybe mm -hmm. slightly, mm -hmm. but way less, like way reduced. Mm -hmm. So it actually worked. It actually that, made well, it a good. lot. Yeah, it made it a lot better. I probably could make it even better by maybe coating all the surfaces that were in there with this stuff. But right. for now, I, I'm going to just try it as it is now and and see how it works for me. Now, I want to be clear that this is solely an adapter. This is not a speed booster. This is just an adapter to be able to fit your your Canon lenses onto your uh onto your Sony. Yep, that's correct. It. Okay. Yep, just a tube so, with some electronics in it. Uh, and and the electronics that are in it are really just for stabilization. Um they're just to power the aperture of the mm -hmm. lens. The image stabilization of the lens has it, um, okay. and then autofocus, powering the autofocus, and also okay. communicating, uh, not only powering the autofocus, but communicating to try to autofocus, even though it doesn't seem like the adapters do that well at it, um, which is my one of my pet peeves. Like, get it right, guys. Right. I, I pay a lot of you guys to get it right. I mean, the, I, yeah. go ahead. No, I I was just going to say I was going to complain myself a little <laughs> bit about the adapter and the pricing of it. Uh, for the Sony, like you said, about sixty bucks on Amazon. 
but for micro four thirds, you're in the 133 range. Or if you're, you know, uh, uh, I think, what is it here? It, it looks like for Sony, NEX 7 with full frame, it's like 172. So these, uh, these, thing, these prices vary quite a bit here just for this adapter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, maybe there's maybe it's a little more complicated to make an adapter for Micro Four Thirds. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. you know the electronic part of it. I mean, it's like double the price of what you paid for 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 just such an adapter. Yeah, for Micro I did, Four Thirds. I did find that my at least my Metabones adapter really worked a lot better on the Panasonic uh, for autofocusing, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I found that the. I guess I have a Speed Booster, and I have a. I think I have a regular one. I think I have two. And yeah, I do. And, and I found that they were both really good at autofocusing, like mm. way better than the Sony's, the Sony oh, wow. versions. Yeah. The Sony versions seem to hunt and, and they kind of go back and forth, like in focus too close, too far. And then they, maybe they'll settle on the right focus, but then sometimes they don't. Right. It's kind of like random. So it's almost useless. Yeah. So anyway, I'm kind of disappointed with that because I got a lot of L lenses, a lot of Canon class that I would really love to use with my new Sony stuff. Right. Anyway, so but at least now when I use this adapter, it's not going to have this weird flare going on, you know. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, and actually, okay, so <laughs> the so just this funny story. This guy actually had a really good link about where he ordered it from. So I basically ordered exactly the same thing he he told me told us to right. in his blog. And maybe I should even find his blog somewhere because I should probably give him props for that. We'll put it in the show notes. We should give the guy some credit for this. Right. Well, so, yeah, but he told he, he gave a link to where to go to buy it. And um, so there's this company called Edmund Optics. And I think they're, I'm not sure. I think they basically just do stuff for like telescopes and kind of high-end optical. And I'm just going to look them up. But this is really funny because you, I only needed like, you know, a couple square inches of the stuff. <laughs> right, 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 right. And the, they sell, the minimum they sell is just a huge amount. It's like to line the inside of the Hubble or the, the Keck, the Keck observatory <laughs> telescope on, on, uh, in Hawaii. Right. It's like, uh, you know, I got the cheapest like version they had. Mm -hmm. They have somewhere it's like eight and a half by 11 sheets, but you have to buy a lot of it. And then they had the, uh, 20 by 30 sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and so but the two the two twenty by thirty sheets were still cheaper than the than the five uh eight and a half by eleven. So I got the twenty by thirty sheets. <laughs> so I got two of these sheets. I have like one teeny little corner cut out of it. Probably never use the rest of it for anything. Um unless I, you know, buy a hundred hundred inch telescope or something. <laughs> but uh <laughs> or or buy more adapters. <laughs> Buy three thousand adapters. <laughs> right. I should have started a business. <laughs> right. Keith, Keith's flocking company. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, no, so. now, now, why would you buy? Okay, I mean, I'm sure uh, Edmund Optics is very happy that you purchased this, but uh, uh, could you have used? I, 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 isn't this flocking material kind of used in hobby type of things too? Uh, and would you have investigated that or you wanted actually something that was proven to be used with lenses or optics in this instance? Um, you know, I had that jar of, I think it was, um, Martha Stewart's flocking. <laughs> Seriously. 
had a little jar of that that I was going to use on something else. Right. And the procedure is you sp- you spray some glue on to the surface that you want to flock, and then you just sprinkle the stuff on it, and it sticks. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and <laughs> like you're bedazzling your uh your <laughs> yes your your lens adapter. Let's yeah, bedazzle. And, Let's and, spell it out. Rod and Keith. <laughs> and, and, and just. Yeah, and just like little kids do it at, in kindergarten when they, right. you know, make sh- uh, sparkly letters. Sure. But um, but you can imagine, just imagine the amount of mess, oh, horror, yeah. and swearing that could possibly go on. <laughs> Spraying glue onto onto your expensive adapter camera, you know, part, you know, possibly getting the glue all over and parts you, you shouldn't get. <laughs> and, and the flocking material not actually sticking and yeah. then therefore going into the camera itself. Right. Eventually the flocking material comes off and gets into your mechanism and then melt. The glue melts and you've just destroyed everything. So that's that's why I went with the paper. <laughs> I guess that's a good move, but it sure would have made a good uh, other segment for tech move. Would have been. Uh, so I so I chastise you for that actually. So <laughs> we can call it Keith's flocking disaster. Right. But no, so that's I just wanted to use something that this guy, this other person had used and it worked for him and it seemed easy. And actually it was. So I'm yeah. glad I did it. And it wasn't it was like thirty bucks, okay? So for these gigantic pieces of flocking. But anyway, so there's no way I'm gonna use this flocking, uh that much flocking. I I might use another pos in my whole lifetime I'll probably use you know, another square foot of it. Right. And so I have another like 20 square feet to <laughs> maybe give away. So I was thinking, and we'll do this maybe later in the, we'll do it in the outro of the show about okay. how to actually get, get the stuff. But I think we should have a contest to win a small amount of this flocking material, you know, like maybe a, an envelope sized piece, which should be enough for like 10 adapters. I, I think that's a very generous uh, <laughs> thing. And we should make our listeners jump through hoops to get that, Oh yes, right. That little, <laughs> what, uh, one inch by five inch strip of flocking material. It, so. It'll be. I'll, I'll be generous. I'll give maybe like a three by seven inch piece. That okay. that is <laughs> worth its weight in gold. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do want to uh, tell you as what we call here in the business a teaser. We're <laughs> we're going to be having a contest later in the show. Uh, where you are going to be the lucky recipient of flocking material. <laughs> now, uh, I I dare anybody uh, in the outside world to find a podcast or even any type of uh, show whatsoever that is giving away flocking material because uh, this this could be a first. This could be a I, first. I think we are the first. That that is excellent yes. and. Um, <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to think of something yes. cruel and unusual to put our listeners through to get this uh, uh, this stuff. So yes, um, yes, we're gonna. I think they have to go in training now, even though they don't know what they have to do. Just they don't go, know what they go, have to do. Go in training, folks. That's right. In about a uh, half an hour, you're gonna find out how to get it. We will <laughs> let you know. We will let you know once we think of what to do. So, yes, and I think this is gonna put Tech Move over the over the hump. We're get, people are gonna be flocking. To our podcast. They'll be flocking to our podcast. Either that or the police will be flocking to us to take us into custody for whatever we're making people do. Uh, uh, 
that well that is that is great uh it, it, did did you need to add anything else to that uh to that little segment otherwise i'm going to uh end it with that tease right here uh keith <laughs> i think we should end it fantastic at, well at, at least end the flocking part of it right. i have way more stuff to talk about the a7s sure I, and we and we will get to that so uh folks that is uh our uh second installment of our newest segment called fix it uh, even if it ain't broke, and uh, it is called affectionately the A7S2 edition. So, uh, <laughs> Keith, well, thank you very much for for sharing that with us, and we have a lot more to talk about about the uh, A7S2. And so, uh, let us uh, take a break for a moment. Let us reset <laughs> our jets here, and we will come back and rag on more right here on Tech Move. Ladies and gentlemen, we regret to inform you that we will not be able to actually finish up the segment here on Tech Move today. We're running long on time, so this is going to have to continue in the next episode. Where in that episode, we will not only continue with this discussion, but we will also tell you how to win your valuable piece of flocking material. We know you're going to want to stick around for that. Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we want to let you know of how to reach us. Of course, you can reach us on the web at techmovepodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Just look for Tech Move. We're on Facebook, Tech Move Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Tech Move Podcast. And, of course, you can always listen to us on Stitcher and search for Tech Move. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you very much for joining us on this episode. I am Rod Louie, and my partner is, of course, Keith Moreau. We want to thank you so much for joining us right here on Tech Move. See you later, everybody. 